0: Next episode of Simon Says, Let's Talk Business. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler. And uh, the show, Let's Talk Business, on Business Radio X, is all about smart, high-performing business professionals. And so our listeners are here because you want to sharpen your skills, you want to learn new ideas and concepts, you want to share best practices, and you want to get to know really smart people. And I've got two really smart people as guests today. So you're going to want to take notes, listen carefully, and at the end of each segment, we'll uh, make sure that they share their contact information. So you'll want to make sure you get that so that you can connect with these folks, engage with them, take advantage of their services. Uh, and as always, we'll conclude our show with a sales tip from me in our Ask Al segment. So let's start with Shauna. Shauna Woods, the managing partner of Atlanta Divorce Law Group. Welcome, Shauna.
1: Thank you. So glad to be here.
0: Yeah, good to have you here. As I was telling you before the show, divorce is all over my family, and uh, in fact, my wife and I are the only ones that haven't been divorced. Of all, my, you know, I got two bro- two sisters and one brother, and, and also my parents. And I, so I know the effect it can have on people. So I'm curious about uh, what you're doing there at Atlanta. Uh, divorce law group, especially when you talk about you're helping individuals and families manage the emotional struggles of facing an un- uncertain future. That's awesome.
1: You know, that's one of the biggest things when you talk about a dynamic that's about to change, especially mm. in family law. Yeah. You can't get more to the heart of an issue than when you're talking about your family and your family suddenly changing. Mm. Right? And when you have children and you're going through a divorce, It is still remaining a family, but it's the uncertainty of what does this look like for us Mm post-divorce. And coming through a divorce like your parents did and your siblings did, it can be very traumatic Mm. and hard to deal with. And and so one of the things that we do at the Atlanta Divorce Law Group is try to lessen that impact in the legal system so that you can go on about recreating what this new life looks like for you.
0: Nice. Now, so you've got this thing that you call the happily ever after, after, let me try that again, happily ever after divorce.
1: Absolutely. So it's
0: like a program or it's a, what well, is it? Well,
1: really, the start of it was happily ever after divorce poked a little fun on happily ever after because that's what we were all raised on, mm-hmm. right? You grow up, you find the love of your life, you get married, and then that's it. You live happily ever after. They don't really talk about the hard work. Right, that goes into making a marriage work and making it stay. So we do poke a little fun at that idea of happily ever after, but also the idea that we wanna remove the stigma of having a divorce, right? Most of our clients have given it all. They've gone through marriage therapy, they've gone through therapy themselves, and they reach that point where, unfortunately, this relationship is not gonna go forward as a marriage. And really finding your happiness right in whatever avenue that looks like for you is what we encourage okay everyone deserves to be happy
0: nice yeah i i appreciate you saying that and of course we've all seen the billboards all over the place about you know the this law firm that law firm that can handle your divorce and you know and and, you know take that guy for every penny he's worth i mean (laughs) we see all that kind of stuff and and, and, and because of my background, I've often thought about, you know, what about the kids, right? Yeah. What about the future uh, of all that? And, and so what makes, what makes Atlanta, uh, D- Atlanta Law Divorce Group, Atlanta Divorce Law Group, can we just say ADLG for short? Absolutely, okay. ADLG. Okay, what makes ADLG different?
1: So when you look at what we represent and you go to our website, you really see our goals and our missions. One of the things that I talk about is being of integrity, not just you know, to ourselves, but to our clients. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a potential client this morning and it's a custody case over some very young children. I said, okay, well, yeah. here's some likely outcomes that are gonna happen in court and any competent attorney is gonna be able to tell you that. They may or may not right they they may say yes let's go for it let's get in there and fight but the reality is here's what's likely to happen in court and then i end it by looking at them and saying do you want to start a co-parenting relationship by eviscerating each other in court mm-hmm. sometimes it's necessary there are moments when it is necessary to go to the mat which is going to court most of the time if we're talking about co-parenting we're talking about child custody The best resolutions happen at the negotiation table
0: outside the courtroom
1: outside the courtroom
0: and you're there for them
1: absolutely that's Mm -hmm. giving them the advice right Mm -hmm. we can go and do this right we can go to court and knowing when to as um i think it was kenny rogers knowing to hold them and knowing to fold them right knowing to say that i what's on the table is my worst day in court then yes, we're probably going to court, mm-hmm. right? And we have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. But also approaching it as we want to get out of this situation with the least emotional damage for the parties involved, right? Mm-hmm. And that includes the kids, right? Yeah. It, it really does include coming up as a as a someone who's I've also my parents were divorced twice from each other. So I was a parent. I was a child of uh, of divorce. And knowing and coming out of that, how to properly advise clients, not just on the legal system, but taking a step back and saying, why don't we talk about it from a realistic standpoint about how this looks like for you post-divorce.
0: And hence, a better idea of how to get to happily ever after.
1: How to get to happily ever after Mm. and co-parenting.
0: Yeah, Very good. I love that. It's, you know, it, just, it just has to have, it's got to be more than money, right? It's got to be more than money. It's got to be about quality of life. So, all right. Now, I'm a small business owner. Billy is a small business owner. And um, although your business is not so small anymore, as we'll find out here in a little <laughs> bit, Billy. But, uh, uh, but I think about, you know, people who are business owners and, and they have these kinds of events in their lives. How do you protect? How do you protect uh, a small business? Uh, in a divorce situation.
1: Absolutely, and we deal with a lot of small business owners. The first thing I tell them is, it's probably too late, but get a prenuptial agreement, Mm -hmm. right? That's the easiest and best way, not only to protect a business, but really to kind of outline, what are your ideas about what it looks like for the both of you financially moving forward in the event that this doesn't work out? Mm In regard to small business owners in particular, a, a divorce can devastate a small business. I can imagine. If it is not done in a protective manner. Right. Georgia is what we call an equitable division state, not necessarily okay. an equal division state. Okay? okay, what's the difference? Equitable means what's fair. Equal of course means 50-50. Everybody gets half. Okay. Right. right. So a lot of times everybody says, well 50-50 is fair, but when we're talking about a small business, it may or may not be, mm-hmm. right? Because when you've put it all your heart, all your soul into growing this particular business, taking out half the value may completely devastate the business and you're not able to earn income yes. right moving forward. So it's a way of looking at it where it's not just reaching into every account and and pulling it apart. We want to put this together as a puzzle piece, and that's why we work with our forensic accountants. This is why we work with our CPAs. This is why we work as a whole. We're a lawyer, but we're going to bring in the other experts to be able to represent our clients in the best way possible.
0: Nice. So, yeah, I think you may have already answered this, but I would like to ask, what, what, what should a person look for in a divorce attorney? You already explained why ADLG is different, but mm-hmm. is that a different question?
1: It may be. Okay. First of all, I would tell people, find something, somebody who you trust, right? Go in and do the consultation. Mm-hmm. I like it when people say, I'm going to shop around. Absolutely. Please do. You're going to be with your attorney about six months to a year. You're going to need to trust that person and trust their advice. Oh, right. Yes. Secondly, find about their experience, have they represented small business attorneys or owners before Mm -hmm. have they been successful in both negotiation and in trial and then the last thing that i tell people ask people how much of their practice is litigation because if they're telling you 50 percent of my practice and divorce law is litigation you might want to run because they're pushing those cases to litigation
0: okay good question yeah so how much of your or what percentage of your practice is litigation? Is I would tell question?
1: you I would tell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And quite and, and our answer quite frankly is eighty percent of cases should and do settle without having to go to a final hearing.
0: Okay. That's what we call an amicable divorce, maybe? Or more an so, an amicable ending. Is there such thing as like <laughs> an amicable ending? That would be good too. Yeah. I,
1: I think that there, you know, there's an approach called the amicable approach, which I'm all a fan of. Approaching it in a way that's not eviscerating the other side. Right. However, you always have to have that attorney who has the ability to walk into the court system, because if mm-hmm. you don't, then you have all carrot and no stick.
0: Okay. All right. That's great advice. So, ADLG. You, you told me you have you have several offices right all over at metro atlanta
1: yes we've served the greater metro atlanta area okay we have our main office in Alpharetta and we have an office in Johns Creek and Buckhead and in Marietta
0: nice okay and you're active, active in those communities
1: absolutely right? you
0: sponsor things like what
1: absolutely so there's several different things that we do sponsor one of the things that we give to anyone, you don't have to be a client, you don't have to even let us know you exist, there is a support group that we have hired a therapist to host once a month. Mm. Anybody can join it's on the web you know on our website, and it's virtual, so oh, really? you can be anonymous or you can participate as much as you want to, and it's a support group for people who are transitioning families, right, either divorce or child custody or yeah. e- or even adoption.
0: What a great service that's yeah. awesome, yeah, yeah. So you've got attorneys that sit on these, on these webinars and these calls? and So
1: not yeah. on the, not on the uh, support group. No attorneys attend that. That's uh-huh. all just, just your therapist that we have hired for you guys, and we have a support group that gets together about once a month. Other than that, we do give webinars about once a month. Okay. Uh, often I'm on there or another one of the attorneys at the office. And just advice in general, and whether one of the popular ones is divorcing a narcissist, because everybody thinks they're married to one. Uh.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring that up with my wife. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not touching that
1: <laughs> one. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hotline one <Yeah>. two three.
0: <laughs> Billy's Billy's wife on line one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome that you're doing that. That's really helpful. That's good stuff. So. We're talking, this again, this is Al Simon with Sandler, and this is uh, Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. We've been talking with Shawna Woods, the managing partner of Atlanta Divorce Law Group, ADLG. AD, I can't even do the. ADLG. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's the one Atlanta Divorce Law Group, ADLG. Uh, before we go go on, is there a way that our listeners can contact you? What's the best way to contact you? Or Absolutely.
1: Your firm? So you can always give us a call at 678 203 9893. You can contact our website at the Atlanta Divorce Law And we have just recently launched our podcast, the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Good
0: name for a podcast. It is
1: a great mm-hmm. name. Our first one talks about toxic relationships. And mm. identifying those toxic relationships, so you can contact us at any of those. We'll be happy to answer your questions.
0: Nice. Okay. So let me just let me uh, read that back to you. So the phone number for your firm is six seven eight two zero three nine eight nine three. Yes, sir. Okay, and the website is atlantadivorcelawgroup.com.
1: dot You got it.
0: Okay, and they, that's where you, they can find out about the podcast.
1: At we or just. Yeah. Put in happily ever after divorce, and you'll find us. Find it that way.
0: (laughs) All right, excellent. That's great. Well, Shauna, thank you for being with us. Uh, A couple other questions I like to ask. One is what's the best advice you've ever received?
1: It may sound a little corny, but it was a Court of Appeals judge out in New Mexico, where I'm from, and he had a bumper sticker that I thought was absolutely true and wonderful. And it said, Trust your neighbors and brand your cattle.
0: (laughs) Trust your neighbors. Brand your cattle okay I like that
1: and I, could, I've been I've been trying to figure that one out for a really long time but I do think that was it was pretty good advice back then
0: I think it'd be easier to trust your neighbors if your cattle are branded absolutely <laughs> I think maybe that's where it goes <laughs> I don't know you could probably take that a couple different ways yeah <laughs> and then Shauna what's the best advice you can give our listeners
1: for any listeners that are not yet married I will tell you honestly, I think the best marriages are predicated on prenuptial agreements Mm. because you have these wonderful conversations about what do you expect to do with your finances while you're still in that lovey-dovey, let's get married mode, instead of that mode of I'm really sick of you and and I'm gonna tear apart everything you did. So as a divorce attorney, I'm a huge fan of prenuptial agreements. Are you? I am.
0: Yeah, it's probably true, right? That the, that uh, most marriages, uh, money is what maybe the biggest issue, right?
1: It absolutely is. Yeah. A disagreement or a misunderstanding about who wants to save, who wants to spend, and where do we spend our money? Yeah,
0: that may be why my marriage is in good shape because I don't even see the money. I, I assume there's money. <laughs> You know, but in the business and on my personal side, Sherry handles it all. And I, so I, there's money supposedly coming in, supposedly money going out. I don't ever see it. It, meet, it makes for a peaceful marriage.
1: <laughs> the two of you agree on it? That's fantastic.
0: So I, I guess I better brand the cattle, though, because I've got to trust the wife.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> Shawna, thank you so much. This has uh, been Shawna Woods with us here, the managing partner of Atlanta Divorce Law Group. Uh, and Simon says, let's talk business. And uh, so now our second guest is, uh, is a guy I've known for a while, client of ours, Billy Van Eaton, the uh, CEO and owner and founder, right, of mm-hmm. Cumberland Landscape Group. So, uh, Billy, welcome.
2: Thanks, Al. I'm so glad to be here.
0: And it's been long overdue. I don't know why I didn't have you on the show years ago.
2: I'm sure the email got lost somewhere in spam or something. Who knows? But no, it's great. I, I love Al and Sherry, and you guys have been great for our organization.
0: Well, likewise, we, we, uh, we enjoy working with you and your team, and, it's a, and you're an excellent company. So uh, let's get right into it. At Cumberland Landscape Group, one of the largest privately owned landscaping companies in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Right? And you've got like 170 people now.
2: 170 team members. Yeah, so we've we've grown a lot over the years. We That's had awesome. 13 when we started.
0: All right. and you still do just commercial, right?
2: We do both. We do commercial. We have uh, like four different divisions right now. We okay. do commercial maintenance uh, for large kind of corporate campuses or hotels like like we're at right now or right. Um, apartment complexes, HOAs. We also do design build for yeah. like large residential backyards or front yards. We do a lot of hardscape work and stone work uh, on those projects. We have a commercial construction division that does landscape construction. So if you think about a big uh, hospital going up, they need a a huge landscape job done. That's more than just putting plants in the ground. It involves grading, sometimes concrete, pavers, irrigation, drainage, you know, very complicated. And so we have that division as well. And then we have a turf care division that does uh, your your weed control and your fertilization to keep the grass looking green.
0: So you've come a long way since what, 2011? 2011, yeah, that's when we started. so how, how, did, how did you come to start the business in 2011?
2: You know, it's kind of a crazy story. I mean, I, uh, I'd started a few companies before doing commercial demolition work. We'd go into commercial spaces and blow out walls or ceilings or floors. I have no idea why we were doing that, but that's just what we did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was in banking in my first life. And, um, and honestly, I was in real estate in 2008 and nine, and oh, yeah. got fired and uh, it was a terrible experience and I ended up working at ace hardware over at west paces ferry in 75 and i was working there and tutoring a kid in spanish and this guy steve from my church started mentoring me and through this kind of informal process came to this uh, uh, uh kind of realization that i think i want to go buy a company but i don't have any money to buy a company i don't know how to buy a company but i feel like this is what i need and want to do and it's kind of the gift that god's given me and i want to go use this and nice so, kind of thought, let's go try it. I was very single at the time. I, I think if I had a wife at the time, my wife would have said no chance. Yeah. This is not going to work. Speaking of but
0: money, there is no money.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's in no fact money. In we're uh, in debt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was in 20, uh, 2009 and spent mm-hmm. about two years learning how to buy a business. And we bought a really small company that had about 13 people. Um, and we've been able to grow it since then.
0: That is a great story. Crazy story. You're right. It's crazy. Crazy story. Why would you
2: do that? And I threw away my vest from Ace Hardware, which I really hate. That is the best Halloween outfit, and it is gone, so I need to get on Amazon and find one.
0: Okay. Wasn't it red? Red, yeah, yeah. Red Red
2: with my name tag, Billy, and it was great.
0: Yeah, ask me any question
2: yeah I was not very good. Uh, I'd always go ask for help. I mean, there are so many screws and bolts it's uh it's very confusing so
0: <laughs> so all right so 20, uh, 2009, you started this process twenty eleven you bought the company uh you must have had a whole bunch of roadblocks along the way right? we had a
2: lot, yeah. yeah, I don't think we have time to cover them all, but we had yeah. we had four total owners so i ha- i didn't I had to go raise money to go buy a company right. and so we raised money um we raised it uh there were there were four of us that were partners we bought out the silent partners early on and it was just a mismatch for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and we've had a lot and we've had, uh, we had a guy probably one of the saddest situations is we had a guy that was a really highly compensated salesperson that we hired from a competitor. And this is six, seven years ago and we brought him on board. He started doing great in sales and then he called me maybe six months later and said, uh, and he called me at night and if an employee calls me at night, late it's like nine o'clock i answer like they usually don't call me then
0: that's not usually good good news right no so
2: i answered and his name is michael and i said hey michael and he said billy i have bad news um i'm at the emergency room and i have stage four glial blastoma cancer oh wow and uh and i don't really know what to do and he was married had uh, five kids Mm -hmm. and uh and so we spent time with the guy and prayed with he and his family and try to talk through it and our we came around him, we gave him a lot of freedom and time to go try to recover from this, and its they call it the maker, it's a terrible disease. Oh. And so he went through that, our team members at our company gave their entire bonuses to his family, we did a fun run, we raised money, all great things, all great things from the culture. What we found out later is that he had also started a company on the side and was bidding against us using our own templates, and he was just one or 2% cheaper than us. And uh, and so we obviously fired him uh, and we got into a big argument and actually got in a lawsuit, which I hated. i never wanted to get into a lawsuit. Uh, I didn't ever go anywhere uh, because the mediator uh, came in to the, uh, they didn't want to meet with us in the same room. So we were in separate rooms. The mediator came in and said, guys, I hate to tell you this. This guy thinks that he's beat this disease. He hasn't beat it. Uh, my dad and best friend died of this. It's going to come back. And unfortunately it did come back. Uh, but that was several years later. And so in uh, in mediation, the mediator said, I hate to tell you this, you're never going to get any money out of this. It's never going to be made, quote, unquote, right of how um, you guys want us to look. We had to shut down an office in Nashville. We had to fire a guy that we brought him over from another company. I mean, it was a really bad scenario. That's awful. And um, and so we fired him. He went on. He later passed away a few years ago. And a really, really sad story. But I remember looking at the mediator and and our attorney, and just saying, so we just have to swallow the bitter pill. There's no, like, fair solution, or like Shauna was saying, equitable or equal. There's no, like, we've been wrong. This is, like, this might tank our company. This We had to fire a lot of – like, it was really bad. Yes. And the only solution we had was just to walk out of the courtroom and figure out, how do we go forward next? How do we keep growing?
0: Your your employees must have felt betrayed.
2: Totally betrayed. I mean, they – yeah I think the the feedback we heard from our employees was um, was not uh was not about man he really wronged us I can't believe he stole from us it was the emotional pain it was people literally said we have wept for he and his family yes and he turned around and stole from us mm. how can someone do that and that's tough man we've got stories galore like that which yes. is brutal you know you see the idea of entrepreneurship I feel like is overly publicized or they don't show the hard side of when right. you run out of money, which we did our first year. And, uh, you know, what they show are pictures of airplanes and Bentleys and all this stuff. And that may be the case, but that's not the reality. I mean, we're all business owners, Yes, man, there are so many other things you deal with that my guidance counselor didn't tell me about. And you just <laughs> got to figure out how do you get through it?
0: Well, but you, okay. So, so you had a, an experience with someone that just wasn't a good person. Mm-hmm. I mean, bottom line, but one thing i love about cumberland is you hire people and maybe because of this experience who are good people your people mm-hmm. are awesome they're amazing human beings. the
2: best yeah yeah, yeah one of our guys uh, pernell roberts uh who is an amazing man i so love pernell pernell is great so yeah. pernell is head of operations he is, uh, so uh, I recruited him for five years. And I remember the first interview where we didn't have a position for him. I just heard about how great he was. And actually heard about him from that sales guy that uh, that <laughs> lied to us and stole from us. Um, <laughs> that's, and,
0: that's ironic. Yeah, very ironic.
2: Yes. Uh, and so Purnell, when I first interviewed him, we were telling him about how we're plugged into this school called Atlanta Youth Academy over in southeast Atlanta. And this thing called City of Refuge over on the west side of Atlanta. So these great organizations in town. And, uh, and he asked me, he said, and I was telling him how important community is and giving back, and he just said, so tell me more about how do you guys pour into the community? What does that look like? And I was shocked. I was like, I'm interviewing this guy and he's asking me really invasive questions that are like heart questions. I am so impressed with this guy. And I remember yeah. that was the moment I said, I want Purnell on our team. Like he is a great man, a great father, a great leader. Yeah. Like That's the kind of guy we want. Yeah.
0: And that's just one example. Yeah, one example. So yeah, many. we have yeah. so many. We can't name yeah.
2: all 170, unfortunately, but yeah. they're amazing.
0: And if Purnell's listening, he's going to get a big head. So you've got to deal with that when you get back to the office. That's so. right. Okay. He's got a big head, so you know, yeah. I'll calm him down. Okay. All right. You'll cut him down a couple of notches, keep him in line. That's, that's right. good. That's good. But you all have grown well, since I met you, what, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. and you've now 170 people. So you've, you've, go, you've grown a lot. You've got uh, different divisions now. How have you done the growth? How has that come about?
2: Yeah, so we, when we started, we were, uh, we were like 13 people, and you know, I was talking to a guy that owns another landscape company here in town. He bought it last year, and, uh, and he was talking about just the past year and how hard it's been, but one of the things that he said that's been really helpful is he said, you know, what's nice is when things are really hard, people still need landscaping, and I can go out and knock on doors and figure out how to get more landscaping we were talking about other businesses we looked at from you know uh, specialized box manufacturing to bomb remediation to these very interesting businesses and they're just much more complicated in generating business. But, you know, so for us, and we were small, didn't really know what we were doing, we'd just go knock on doors and we'd go cold call. And it was this was way before we knew Al. Uh, so we had, we had no, like, sophistication of how we were doing it. Uh, it was just brute force, <laughs> and, uh, which is exhausting. But that's what we did for a long time. Mm-hmm. And as we grew organically, um, we just kept adding people. We made a lot of mistakes along the way, so many mistakes. And, uh, and we still make them all the time. Um, but we've grown uh, back in March, we grew uh, through acquisition, we acquired three different companies in Atlanta, at the same time, which I wouldn't really recommend. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and so we did that. And our team, again, has been incredible in integrating yeah. those companies, but we've tripled in size to those acquisitions. Yeah. And uh, it's been, uh, it's been crazy, but we were so excited. And you we had to
0: make sure it. Kim and Purnell could handle it. right? That's right. In yeah. India. Kim,
2: Purnell, yeah. Cindy, Hillary. I mean, we have, again, we have a huge, team and they're amazing uh and and they're carrying the full load of that or most of that load and yeah so it's been organically just through cold calling and networking and and working with you al and learning Mm -hmm. how to do sales and not skip the pain chamber and in the sandler submarine yeah um and that's been incredibly helpful and yeah it's yeah it's It's been it's it's hard to think that's been 11 years
0: Uh, well thanks for the plug appreciate that (laughs) yeah but in those 11 years you you got married you have three kids Mm mm-hmm Correct. So obviously, they're young.
2: Yes, very young. Yeah. How, how do you
0: balance all that? Acquiring companies, growing a company, running a company, and you got a family with young kids. Yeah. How do you do that?
2: Uh, I need to ask my counselor. I guess I don't. Okay. I don't know how it's working. Uh, you know, I, I have this uh, executive coach. His name is Bob Lewis, and he's amazing. And Bob and I were talking this week, and one of the things that we were talking about is. Um, for for me it's really easy to get lost in the grind and the reality of being the CEO is the good news doesn't necessarily bubble up to me but the really bad issues bubble up to me and so I I, I, a lot of times I'm dealing with bad problems as opposed to good things and that's fine but that can be exhausting after 11 years and that can just take a toll on you and so one of the things that I was talking about with Bob We've been incredibly blessed with our company growing, with having these amazing team members in so many ways. And I love my work. I I love being an entrepreneur. I love growing the business. It's so much fun. Uh, But uh, I find (laughs) that my attention can so easily be pulled in that strong direction of running a business instead of being with our three kids and my wife. And that is really hard for me. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to be present with that. And so one of the things that Bob and I were talking about is, um, you know, don't let the other blessings that wrongly overshadow your greatest blessings. And so I think the idea mm. of trying to have perspective about what are the things in front of me that are kind of the glass balls, if you will. If I drop them, they crack. Uh, and what are the things that are rubber balls that if you drop them, they bounce. And you know, I love my work. It's great. The reality is it's a rubber ball. Uh, even if it goes bankrupt, which I hope it doesn't do, it's probably still just a rubber ball. Like it'll be okay, but I don't wanna lose my family. I don't wanna lose my kids yes. or my wife. And if we, if in 20 years we run a huge landscape company, but I don't know my kids, I, they don't know me, my wife and I aren't doing well, um, that's not worth it. That's a right. problem.
0: I imagine, Shauna, you see that a lot where the, it's the business owner,
1: yeah.
0: entrepreneur who's spending so much time at the office and the, the family...
1: I love what you said, Billy, it's a really mm. good way to stay out of my office is to have that perspective. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not saying I do it
1: well. I'm right? saying that's
2: what I'm hoping to do and I'm yeah. trying to do but that.
1: You are, you know, putting, just having that idea and I, I love that analogy that you said, what is, what's the rubber ball and what's the glass ball? Because yeah. you're right, right? Yeah. We can build another business. Can you build another successful marriage?
0: Nice. Mm-mm, no. Nice. Good. Yeah. That's really good advice. You have your priorities in order. So uh, I know you're a reader. Mm-hmm. And you've got a couple of books that you uh, would like to share the titles of with our listeners. Love your to, favorites. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm actually a, a, I'm a huge Audible fan. I'm a terrible reader, but I listen okay. to, in Atlanta. We drive everywhere, and so I listen to books all the time. Yes. Uh, but there's one that I just finished called "Managing Leadership Anxiety," and it's by a guy named Steve Cuss. And Steve's an Australian guy. I think he lives here in the states now. But the book was for me. It was on point. It was very poignant in kind of what I'm experiencing right now. Um, we again nature of running a business you have anxiety you have stress yes uh, that's going to exist and so how do you manage that how do you how do you manage that and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's really bad
0: how do you pronounce or how do you spell the, the author's last name
2: steve cuss s-t-e-v-e-c-u-s-s c-u-s-s and the title okay. is not a great title sorry steve uh, it's called managing leadership anxiety and it's it wrong with that title. Yeah, uh, it's a little too descriptive, maybe not as creative, okay. uh, All right. but, uh, you know, anyway. you sold a bunch of books. I haven't. So yeah. Good for now. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. But it felt like it had a lot of topics that were on point with, um, just stuff you deal with as an owner of a business and what's nice. it like.
0: Okay. Good one. And any others?
2: Oh man, there are tons. I mean, a, a big book and system for us as a company, years ago, something called traction. And there's one called yes. the get a grip yep. and uh, rocket fuel. And they're all part of what uh, is called the entrepreneurial operating system or yeah. EOS. Right. And I'm a huge EOS fan. Are right? you? So those were very pivotal, pivotal in us uh, in growing. I mean, we, right. this is probably five years ago, we took that method on uh, full bore and said, we're gonna have a visionary integrator, we're gonna use this structure. And it's been great for us.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So you you have managed to, to grow Cumberland Landscape Group, but you've kept your culture. How do you think through that culture?
2: We've tried. I mean, you know, one of the thing, a buddy of mine, Ross Baird, wrote, wrote a book, and one of the things that he talked about in the book was, uh, he argued this idea of diversity, and not diversity from a public standpoint, but diversity from, in my opinion, both the left and the right side. And I thought it was a fascinating argument, and he said, Um, You know, from the left side, we want to be diverse because it's good for the world. Not everybody, I'm a a white dude, so not everybody's a white dude out there. And so how do we uh, do it so the world, we look like the rest of the world looks and be representative of that? And then the right argument is, uh, the right side argument is statistically, you actually do better financially if you have a more diverse company, because the reality is people want to do business with people that look like them, that they like, and not everybody looks like me that we do business with. And so I loved Ross's argument, that it covered kind of both sides. I remember reading it and thinking, I don't have an argument for that. That's a really good point of view. And uh, and so we've taken that on not as a like, you know, look at us, we're great, we're doing this, but as again, both sides we wanna be representative of, of the world and who's out there and we also wanna grow a really good business and be profitable. Right. And so I love that argument. And so our, our leadership team and our company shows that. Yes. We we try to be diverse, not for diversity's sake, but diverse because it's the right thing to do and it's a better way to grow a business, in my opinion. Um, and so that's part of our culture is we wanna we wanna be like that.
0: I love that. Yeah, well, dysfunctional companies often are, are dysfunctional because the boss, whoever the boss is, hires people like him or her. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bunch of people that, are th- that think the same way, look the same way, act the same way, and that becomes dysfunctional. Like group think, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Good point. Well, this is Al Simon with Sandler, and we've been talking here on Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. We've been talking with Billy Van Eaton, the CEO, owner, and founder of cumberland landscape group so billy same two questions i asked shauna first of all what's the best advice you've ever received
2: i think the best advice i've received uh goes back to that comment about blessings about kind of having perspective on what's important what's a glass ball what's a rubber ball um i don't do a great job of that again it's advice it's not necessarily what i'm doing daily I think something else that I'm thinking a lot about right now is my identity is like, where do I find my identity? Is it in my work? Is it in my family? Is it in friends? Is it in where is it? And yes. I think it's a question that it's important for us to always be asking because our identity can so easily be stolen yes. and given to something else that doesn't actually have that value. Yes. And so I think that's something that I'm thinking a lot about is where is my identity and how and how, what's a healthy, safe place for that? Yes.
0: Well, I think it's healthy that you recognize that you're not You you, you haven't mastered all these things right so Mm -hmm. so i think that's the first step anyway right and that that you're asking these questions yep is awesome and then and billy what's the best advice you would give our listeners
2: yeah i mean again this is uh i say this to myself so in my in my basement in my house i have a a man cave i won't even call it an office uh but i've got these dry race boards down there that's kind of like a beautiful mind and uh, and I love to write stuff out there. Do and, you really? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have written, again, it's not something I do I, I do well. I'm a really harsh critic of myself. And the reality of one of the things that that book, Managing Leadership Anxiety, talks about is leadership. And there are always definitions of leadership. And he argues, and I really like this thought, he's like, if, if leadership – is going someplace you don't know and you haven't been before, then leadership is somehow moving into a place you don't know, but courageously doing that and trying to bring people along with you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, as you know, founder and CEO of a company, it's like that's what we're doing. I've never been here before. Uh, tomorrow is going to bring a new set of problems that today uh, didn't have. And uh, and so I think um, I think that's kind of that. Be kind to yourself when you make these mistakes. Again, we're going to make yes. a ton of mistakes, and and I beat myself up, and I'm sure you guys do too. But how do we be kind to ourselves? And that's really hard. And so that would be my advice is try to be kind to yourself. Try to be graceful with yourself. Again, I don't do it well. and I don't do it well with others, but that would be my biggest advice.
0: Great advice. And you know, Billy, we haven't really talked a lot about Cumberland and what you actually do for your customers. Uh, but I know that your work y'all do is, is quality work. Mm-hmm. And so if our listeners would want to get a hold of Cumberland Landscape, what's the best way to do that?
2: Yeah, so the best way is through uh, our website or our phone number. So our website, very descriptive, it's CumberlandLandscapeGroup.com. Cumberland, like Cumberland Mall or Cumberland Gap or Cumberland River. So CumberlandLandscapeGroup.com. Or our main phone number is four zero four three five two nine three nine three.
0: Excellent. Okay, so four zero four three five two nine three nine three. That's it. Uh, or website, CumberlandLandscapeGroup.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Al. Yeah, so Billy Van Eaton, the CEO and owner of Cumberland Landscape Group, and uh, Shauna Woods, the managing partner of Atlanta Divorce Law Group. Y'all have been awesome, and thank you so much for being here, for sharing your advice with our listeners. Uh, and, uh, and I know our listeners are going to want to contact you because it's good stuff, and so as always, we're going to conclude the show today with a sales tip. We call it the ask al segment uh, of the show. And our listeners can send me questions on sales or sales management if you want to get them answered here uh, on the air. Um, and so if you want, if you have a question on sales or sales management that you want answered on the air, send it to my email address, al dot at Al.simon at sandler.com. Al. Simon at sandler.com. And I've chosen this one for today. A listener sent in this question, which is, how do you handle a prospect who is looking for a discounted price?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I haven't met too many prospects who aren't looking for a discounted (laughs) price. (laughs) So, yeah, this is a pretty common one. And most salespeople cave. They do. Most salespeople identify with the prospect uh, because... When salespeople go out to buy things, they want to get a low price. And so, when the prospect asks for a lower price, they go, "Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Let me get see if I can get you a lower price." This is a the age-old problem in sales because business owners, aren't right, Law firm owners, principals. I mean, you're you're part of your job is to you know, as a principal, is to is to keep the profit margins somewhere near <laughs> where they need to be for everybody to make a living. And so if we all went around discounting our services, it would be a train wreck. We wouldn't be around long. And, of course, from a salesperson standpoint, if you're on any variable compensation, you're going to make less money yourself. So why in the world would you identify with the customer and have empathy for their, uh, for their request for a discounted price? Having said that, I would also say this, good for the customer to ask. Right? They're being a good steward of their resources, so good for them good job. We, on the other hand, in sales, we need to be good stewards of our resources. And so you hear about this win-win thing and, and you know, and, and negotiations and all that. But bottom line, this is really a mindset issue in the prospect, in the salesperson's mind. And so I'm going to give you a couple things you could say when the prospect asks for a discounted solution. Uh, and I'm going to give you one thing you shouldn't say. That's probably even better advice. Um, so What we shouldn't say i'll start with that one is well are you comparing apples to apples (sighs) think about that one all right so if they get three bids and that's common in your world i know billy they get three bids and they say well you know uh maybe they say to the to billy salesperson well you know you're uh, you're coming in uh about 15 percent higher than the other bids uh can you know can you help us out here and, of course, the salesperson is thinking, because it's a fairly complex quote maybe, you know, there's, in, there's landscape, there, there's you know there's design in there, there's maintenance, there's different terms, there's all kinds of stuff, right? So, there's different things in the quote. And so, the salesperson wants to say, well, are you comparing apples to apples? Well, you think about if you say that to a prospect, what you're basically doing is you're telling them they're stupid, right? And they may be. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you're not doing yourself any favors by asking that question. It never works it never works and so i would su- suggest you stay away from that just stay away from that do not say that but instead you can say hey sean it sounds like you're unable to come up with the full investment investment for the scope of the project is that a fair statement so you think about that question it sounds like you're not able to come up with the full investment for the project is that a fair statement well, the prospect can answer a lot of different ways, but however they answer it's going to tell you a lot, right? Because they might say, well, I can't come up with a full investment, but I can get it cheaper elsewhere. And then, again, if that happens, take, pay close attention to the words they use because they use the word cheaper. They're not really focused on quality, are they, right? So. Uh, and so this is where you might have to say, you know what? We're probably not your best option if you're looking for cheaper because think about it. Let's suppose you do come down on your price and you do win the deal. And then renewal time comes around or another project comes around. Uh, or in Shauna's world, they, they give you a, a, a referral to somebody else who is looking for a cheap price or right, a cheap rate to pay the attorney. Well, I mean, when does that stop? As soon as you cave on the first one, it never stops. Right? You've set the precedent. Right? So you really can't do that. Um, but if you say it, it sounds like you're unable to come up with the full investment, inside a fair statement. Then the, a great conversation can follow, depending on how they respond to it. And then um, I mean you can always uh, suggest that you cut it up into pieces. You know, what part of the solution can wait until next budget period? You know, do a in approach. We call it a monkey's paw. But you know, to to so so let me tell you a story about that. So I have a I had a prospect who. You know, we did all, we did the pain, did a good job in the pain. You'll be proud of us, Billy. Did a good job of the pain, and we came up with a full scope and the investment for that. And they said they could handle that. And we got down to making the decision, and they said, um, Al, you know, some things have been happened lately, and we're not sure that we can handle the full scope. So can we talk about, you know, uh, you know what can we, can, can you give, can, I think the exact words were, can you help us out here? Which is code for we want the full scope, but we want to pay less. <laughs> right? So I said, Yeah, I can help you out. What part of the it's the
2: friends and family discount?
0: That's, the, that's what they're looking at the ask al the discount. So I said, Yeah, we can, come, we can certainly uh, reduce the investment. What part of the scope do you want to save for another time? Which, of course, wasn't what they wanted to hear. But we did talk about you know, what could wait till later. And then they said, could you write that up for us? I said, sure. And then they said this. They said, could you write it up for us and also include the original proposal, full scope, full price? So I did that. So I had a, you know, an updated proposal, full scope, full investment, and uh, lower scope, lower investment. And guess which one they picked?
2: The higher full one. Full they scope. They did.
0: They did. You both knew it. Yeah, they picked full scope, full investment. Why? Because of the pain. That's exactly why we don't skip talking about pain so forget your features and benefits engage your prospects in conversations about pain and you'll have a easier time handling the question hey i'd like a little help on the price and that's our tip for today this is al simon with sandler simon says let's talk business on business radio x thank you shauna thank you billy and our listeners everybody as usual good selling